Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, Mr. News, hit it. Next on the Ledger Report, more children killed by the vaccine than the disease itself, COVID-19. That will be the eventual outcome of this entire debacle and attack on liberty. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC. Police are not getting in, so sit back and relax. As we unfold this edition of the Ledger Report. A time before cable, when the local anchorman reigned supreme. And in San Diego, one anchorman was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. vaccinated are responsible for their own choices. But those choices have been fueled by dangerous misinformation on cable TV and social media. You know, these companies and personalities are making money by peddling lies and allowing misinformation that can kill their own customers and their own supporters. It's wrong. It's immoral. I call on the purveyors of these lies and misinformation to stop it. Stop it now. One of the other things that we know that has to be done is more testing. Stop the tape. You know, old Joe Biden likes to go out on national television and say, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Seems to me it's a pandemic of the phony. In reality, what this is, is a pandemic of tyranny. Political tyranny, medical tyranny, and mainstream media tyranny. The three are working in unison to attack the constitutional rights, a.k.a. the liberty, of 330 million Americans. It sounds fantastic. It sounds like a B-movie script. No one would believe it. No producer in Hollywood would produce this movie. Unfortunately, we're living it. A pandemic of the unvaccinated? You will have a a winter of death and despair if you don't line up, shut up, and get the jab? Pay no attention to the facts. Pay no attention to the fact that in the end, when this entire attack on liberty is over, and they're writing the history books 30, 40 years from now, maybe a hundred years from now, they're going to say this was the greatest political assault on the constitutional rights of Americans and quite potentially the turning point, the tipping point, the point of no return for constitutional America. America may still exist 40 to 100 years from now in some sort of shell form, But if we don't reject what is going on in this republic right here, right now, there will not be a 
constitutional, a.k.a. a representative republic. Forget about it when you hear people say it's a democracy. It's not a democracy. Ask the framers of the Constitution if they were alive today. They would say, no, hell no, we didn't want a democracy. We gave you a constitutional republic, a representative republic. A democracy is when people start going haywire and do majority votes. Oh, well, the majority voted for this, then we have to do it. It was Rush Limbaugh that would often use the analogy, if the majority voted to rape all women, then that would be a democracy. Very vivid way to look at a majority vote, a.k.a. A democracy. This is not a democracy. It is a representative republic. And if we don't realize that this is our moment, and, and I don't mean to make light of any comparisons to World War II, but this is our Pearl Harbor, this is our Iwo Jima, and this is our moment to be Harry Truman and drop the bomb. We don't have a nuclear device that we can simply drop and end this nightmare. It is an absolute, as I said, political, medical, and mainstream media nightmare that we're living through. The politicians come out, and they're not challenged in the mainstream media. They're simply regurgitated. And I would also throw in their high-tech media along with the mainstream media. When I talk about mainstream media these days, yeah, I'm talking about Google and YouTube and the rest of them as well. The media that we use today. And Dr. Fauci comes out, quasi-government, quasi-medical, saying, hey, go get vaxxed even though the vax doesn't work. He talks out of both sides of his mouth. And we know we have him on record how many... A dozen times, I don't know what it is, masks don't work, there's no need to mask, you should mask. The problem with Fauci is that he actually reads some of the stuff on the CDC website, and some of the stuff on the CDC website contradicts what the politicians are doing. So he's torn. There's plenty of information, research, footnoted, and peer-reviewed that masks don't work. He has the VARS reporting numbers right in front of him. He knows that this is an historic moment in time in terms of the number of adverse effects and, and deaths due to a vaccine. We've never seen this in, what, 11 months of distribution in the history of any vaccine. Nothing is even close. And the reason is because the vaccines that started on a trajectory like this were pulled off the market because they were killing people. And I want to go through some of the numbers, but it's very important to keep in mind that we are living in a moment in time that 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now we're going to look back on and we'll be able to say, yeah, we fought the tyranny and we won and we can win this, and we will win this, we must stick together. Those of you who have had the vaccine but are patriots, constitutionalists, conservatives, even you run-of-the-mill Republicans, you have to stick together with the people who have not chosen to get vaccinated. This is the political dividing line of our time. And as much as the Democrats and the mainstream media 
come out and say, oh, this shouldn't be political, this is all should be medical. Well, it's not. They have made it political. And even our dear president, Donald Trump, I think is a little bit lost in the wilderness on this one. I want to get to that in just a moment. I want to remind you, this program is brought to you by MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com, put Ledger in the promo code box. 66% off, up to. Also, this program is brought to you by Relief Factor. The phone number to call is 833-425-7246. Relief Factor is a homeopathic way to relieve your aches and pains. It works, I take it. If you go to GrahamLedger.com, there's information on both of these fine sponsors. Also, the Ledger Register question and all of the programs, by the way, are archived in there, as well as the show notes. And the show notes are there for you. They're also for me, so I can go back in my library back in time and say, oh yeah, there was that article on the CDC. The show notes are for you. So you can dig out whatever link I put in there that you think is salient for whatever argument you I was having an argument, a discussion, with a guy who supposedly worked in the vaccine industry for 30 years. PhD, double PhD, whatever. And he's telling me that the quote vaccine works and that it's a vaccine by definition. I said, no, it's not a vaccine. It's an experimental medical device. It has experimental use authorization and that it has the greatest number of dead in the history of the VARS reporting system. No one, no other Vaccine is even close. And he says, well, yeah, but how many, how many doses have been administered? <laughs> what about all those people dead from the jab? So he's just, just it's, it's a numbers thing. And so Joe Biden is doing what Barack Obama or Susan Rice or whoever else is telling him to do here. He has no clue what's going on. He's 78, 79 years old. He got the jab, he doesn't care, but we should care about our children and whether the children who are being forced to get the jab in order to go to school could be sterile when they wanna have children 20 years from now. Shouldn't we care about that? Because that is one of the adverse effects from these so-called vaccines. And yes, I know there is a difference between the Johnson & Johnson so-called vaccine and the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine. I understand there's a difference. The one is the Johnson Johnson is a little bit closer to a traditional vaccine than the other, but they're, but they're all synthetic. And my very important guest today, Dr. Paul Thomas is gonna to talk to us about that. He's gonna to talk to us about how he has been attacked in Oregon during his attempt to try and shield children from this wholesale attack on their health. It's a political attack. It's a medical attack, unfortunately. And it's a mainstream media attack. As I said, the three are working in concert. And of course, the pharma, Moderna and Pfizer are all for this, right? Get jabbed, get boosted, third boost, fourth booth, fifth booth. There's gonna be some more money. Oh, but Joe Biden will say it's free. Oh, and these PCR tests. Let me tell you about these PCR tests. Of course, it's not free. We're paying for it. Of course, where does the money come from, Joe Biden? You think the paycheck that you receive, that you've been receiving for 
50 years in Washington, D.C. is free money? It just falls out of the sky? No, we paid your salary. And we're paying for the PCR tests. And we are paying for these jabs. This poison that's being infused in millions and millions of Americans. It's a nightmare. The PCR tests. I reported on this back in July of 2021. I was reading the CDC website and something caught my eye. And effectively, in layman's terms, what the CDC is, is asking during a, a report that they put out saying they're not going to pursue permanent use authorization of PCR tests because of a bunch of reasons. One of the main reasons is the PCR tests were never intended to diagnose. The person who invented the PCR test, who I think got a Nobel Prize, by the way, uh, said, no, don't use this to diagnose. You can use it as an effective microscope to see if something is there and to enlarge in it. Enlarge it. That's it. Not to diagnose. Yeah, here we do it. And so the CDC is now saying to these test makers, can you please come up with a test that can differentiate between COVID and influenza? And I said, what? And so if you go out there and Google this and you fact check it, the fact checkers will say, no, Dr. Fauci didn't come out and say that. No, Dr. Fauci didn't come out and say that. That, the, that the, the COVID test, the PCR test, can't differentiate between COVID and the flu, but they can't. Why else would the CDC be saying, hey, can you make one that can differentiate between COVID and the flu? You were wondering, we were all wondering where all the influenza cases went in 2020. They went into the COVID cases. It's mind boggling, absolutely mind boggling. The Omicron, the Omicron, ah, the Omicron. Most of the, Positive cases right now. This is from Yahoo, Yahoo News. Headline, most reported U.S. Omicron cases have hit the fully vaccinated. Do you hear that, YouTube? Do you hear that, Google? Most Omicron cases are hitting the fully vaccinated. Denmark, by the way, did a, a large study on this, and Denmark is, is one of those countries that's, that's trying to be very, very transparent in all this. 76% of all cases right now are, quote, the vaccinated, 90% of all the, the cases of COVID right now are Omicron. But we know that this Omicron is not lethal per se. We know this. We know this through South Africa. They had a big rise in cases and then a big drop off and not a hell of a lot of fatal cases and not a hell of a lot of hospitalizations, yet you have Joe Biden running around saying this is gonna be the winter of death. And if you don't get the jab, you're causing the death. And if you don't get the jab, you're causing the hospitalizations. Well, let me tell you something, Joe Biden, if you give your child the jab, in my opinion, you're committing child abuse. It is unbelievable that we're in a situation where we have this triangulation going on, where we have politicians and we have members of our medical society and enough members of the media all working in unison to drive. I was watching, unfortunately, it was at the gym, okay, CNN, and the CNN reporter looked into the camera and says, 
please get vaccinated. I was thinking to myself, where in the wide world of sports have I ever seen that before in mainstream media? Where people are reporters, so-called journalists are looking into the camera or writing down in their newspapers, telling Americans what to do with their bodies? Holy moly. Yet we can't reverse that bet when it comes to abortion, right? We're supposed to back off and don't tell a woman what she can do with her body, yet you have the mainstream media telling me what I should do with my body and 330 other million Americans, right? Men and women. So hypocritical. We know this. Yet we also know that a 26-year-old, not reported in the mainstream media, a 26-year-old out of New Zealand died after receiving the so-called vaccine. One of them is a Pfizer um, vaccine. We also know this. The latest VARS VARS reporting numbers. Are you sitting down? You should be. 20,000 dead. 20,000 dead. And how many adverse reactions? Coming up on a million. It's 960,000 adverse reactions. So we know and I'm not the only one who's saying this. There's a report out there out of Mercola. Uh, it's some sort of health publication that reminds us that the VARS reporting system, yes, it's open to the public and it's open to doctors. It's supposed to be filled out by doctors and hospitals, but it only has about a 1% historic reporting compliance if you will. So in other words, they expect a family member to go on VARS and report that their loved one died and give all the arcane different boxes to be filled in and, and give all the information when the family is grieving. Of course it's a 1% compliance. Now the doctor should be doing it, the hospital should be doing it, but they're not. So if we stipulate 1% on 20,000, what's the actual number? Well, I went to a state university, but I can run that number. 2 million. Well, how many doses were administered? Can you imagine people asking that rhetorical question? It is rhetorical. It's nonsensical. 2 million dead if it's a 1% compliance? That's a calamity. That's the largest medical slash political calamity in this nation's history, possibly world history. I can't think of another. Sure, there have been mass murderers out there, Pol Pot and, and Stalin and Hitler, but they didn't disguise themselves as doctors. Two million? in 11 months? That's astounding. And if the adverse effect number is a million, what's the actual? 100 million. Well, how many doses were administered? I think the last I saw, by the way, just for the record, I think it's like 400 million, four or 500 million doses. How can it be more than the population of the United States? Because they're doing these stupid boosters. But just because one person survives a shot and a booster and a booster and a booster and a booster, 
doesn't mean that this person's life over here who died isn't important. All right, so that brings us to the children and that aspect of this, the greatest medical calamity in history. If you look at the VARS numbers, there are 40 children who died, and most of them are, I think, between the ages of 12 and 17. 40, okay, between the ages of 1 and 17. If it's a 1%, that's 4,000. How many doses were administered to children? I don't know, but it's not hundreds of millions because it's only recently been used on children. 4,000 children, if it's a 1% compliance, based on 40, are dead. That's not a tragedy. That's not a calamity. That's not enough to halt any more so-called vaccinations of these children. The CDC has a total tabulation of death by COVID of 757. 757 at this moment. Death by COVID. But we also know that these PCR tests can't differentiate between COVID and the flu. So what's the real number? Well, it's less. Let's say it's half. That would put the number of dead by COVID of children, this would be 17 and, and younger, at somewhere around 370, 370 versus 4,000 potentially dead from the so-called vaccines. Greatest political and medical attack on the American people, and it's an internal one in the history of this republic. And the President of the United States, that's Donald Trump, needs to understand he did yeoman's work. He had to, from political perspectives, he had to acknowledge COVID and do what he did, but someone needs to talk to him. And I, you may have seen this soundbite on social media. I'm gonna play it for you in an abridged form. You need to look at it. Need to have a quick comment, then we need to listen to another soundbite. Roll tape. I think this would have been the Spanish flu of 1917, where up to 100 million people died. This was going to ravage the country far beyond what it is right now. Take credit for it. Take credit for it. It's a great, what we've done is historic. Don't let them take it away. Don't take it away from ourselves. You're playing that, you're playing right into their hands when you sort of like, oh, the vaccine. If you don't want to take it, you shouldn't be forced to take it. No mandates, but take credit because we saved tens of millions of lives. Take credit. Don't let them take that away from you. Okay, so the president made news. Do you agree with that? Right? Both the president and I are vaxxed, and uh, did you get the booster? Yes. I got it too. Okay, so. Um, oh, don't, 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 no, no. That's all. It's a very tiny group over there. Stop tape. No, it's not a tiny group, Mr. President. We've done our homework. And I want to remind you, those of you who get mad at me here, and including Donald Trump, Ronald Reagan made some mistakes, and it was up to the conservative base to say, hey, you know what? You're off the rails here. You're making a mistake. Well, the president's getting some bad advice here. 
he did what he had to do given the circumstances. Quite frankly, there are some other things that could have transpired, in, including not shutting down, quote, the economy. That should have never happened. We know that. But Donald Trump was forced. He was painted into a corner here. 2020 hindsight, could have done things differently? Probably. Did he do the right thing in fast-tracking the vaccines? Probably. But it still should be a choice. And that's what he should be saying and moving on. He's getting some bad advice here. And this is why he's getting some bad advice. Because of videos like this. It's not easy to watch. It's about 30 seconds. I couldn't handle much more of it. I don't think you could either. This gentleman's name is Ernest Ramirez, who took his son to get the jab, and his son died. Roll tape. Um... Excuse me. I was a father of a 16-year-old son, a single parent. I raised my boy since he was a baby. He meant the world to me. I got the vaccine to protect my son. And uh, after in March, April, they're announcing how it was safe for teenagers. Me and my son have never been apart. We're always together. He was my best friend. I always told him it was me and you against the world. Donald Trump needs to see videos like that. He probably hasn't. Donald Trump needs to talk to advisors like me who, who let him know there's a different perspective out there. The president did what he had to do. But now there's a hell of a lot of information out there that needs to be shared with the American people. That the jabs are very dangerous and should only be taken under certain circumstances, I suppose. I don't know what those circumstances are. But the truth is not getting out there from the mainstream media. The truth is being concealed by politicians, by people in the medical industry, and by the mainstream media. And that's why this voice and others like it are so important to let the American people know that there are grave dangers, fatal dangers, about this so-called vaccine. We come back, we're going to talk with Dr. Paul Thomas, who is making his, it his mission to try and protect young people from ruining their lives, or at the very least, giving them the choice and fighting for them to have the choice whether to be jabbed or not. But first, a very important one-minute message. The Ledger Report is brought to you by MyPillow.com. My employees and I want to personally thank each and every one of you for all of your support. At MyPillow, we not only have pillows, but we have hundreds of products, including my new slippers, bathrobes, sleepwear, and my new beds. We're offering the best gifts ever for the best prices ever. Please go to MyPillow.com and enter Ledger in the promo code box for up to 66% off. That's MyPillow.com and enter L-E-D-G-E-R in the promo code box. The Ledger Report is also brought to you by Relief Factor. Go to ReliefFactor.com forward slash Ledger 
for a natural homeopathic way to relieve nagging chronic pain. Or call 833-425-7246. 833-425-7246 for Relief Factor Pain Relief. Thank you for supporting my pillow, Relief Factor, and The Ledger Report. Truth is, we live in a world where radical politicians and propagandists in the mainstream media and some in the medical industry are attempting to shame millions and millions of Americans into getting a vaccine that's not a vaccine that does not stop the transmission of, nor the onset of, a simple virus that has somewhere in the neighborhood of 98.5-99% survival rate. This is Alice in Wonderland, and we're living in it right now in the United States of America, and it's defining insanity. We keep doing the same thing, like Fauci saying to mask, and Fauci saying to get a so-called vaccine, and expecting a different result. You mask, the virus spreads, you get the so-called vaccine, the virus spreads. It's insanity to a rational person, including this person. And I think the person I'm introducing right now, which is Dr. Paul Thomas from Oregon. He is a uh, pediatrician who's embroiled in, in quite a fight right now. We'll get into that, doctor, in just a moment. But first, if 50 years from now, when the history books are written, I said to you that the history books are going to say that more children, just children in this case, died from the so-called vaccines, the jabs, then died from COVID itself. Would you say that's outlandish or a reasonable prediction? No, that's a very reasonable prediction. You know, when you said 98, 99% survivable for kids, it's 99.99% survivable. This is a nothing for kids. I have a practice of 10,000 patients. Not a single one has ended up in the ER to my knowledge. Certainly none have been hospitalized. None have died in the entire last two years of this quote pandemic. And um, now we're starting these jabs. They're Kids are able to just go into pharmacies with their parents and get them. I've already had a child hospitalized for myocarditis. I hadn't seen a case of myocarditis in my entire career. And that is one of the unfortunate uh, pieces of fallout from the so-called vaccines, the jabs, uh, especially when it pertains to, to young people. And if you go on the VARS, VARS reporting site, um, it'll show all these incidents of myocarditis. You are in a battle of your life uh, with the Oregon medical board right now who didn't like what you were doing and speaking out about the truth and trying to protect children. Is that your mission here? Um, you can talk about what's going on with the Oregon medical board, but is your mission to protect children and protect them from, in this case, a potentially lethal vaccine? So Graham, absolutely. My mission, I didn't realize this is what it would morph into, but I've always been about protecting kids and keeping kids safe. And any pediatrician will tell you that, but the problem is most have stopped listening to their parents. We are at a time of a needed paradigm shift when it comes to vaccines. Long story short, when I wrote a book called The Vaccine Friendly Plan in 2016, that put a target on me and the medical board's been coming after me ever since. In 2019, they said, prove that the vaccine-friendly plan is as safe as the CDC schedule. Well, I took them at their word. I hired an independent expert, came out. We got the data, de-identified it, and published the most important vaxxed unvaxxed study of our generation probably ever. It's the largest real-world study published in an international journal of public health, peer-reviewed journal. Five days after that was available online, they had an emergency meeting and suspended my license. That was December 3rd, 2020. 
And the CDC, when, and when we talk about uh, vaccines versus uh, natural immunity, this goes all the way to the top at the CDC, does it not? The CDC in general doesn't even want to talk about the benefits of natural immunity versus vaccines. They just want to force everybody like cattle into a line to shut up, line up and, and get the vaccines. Is that because of what President Trump said about, uh, about a year ago? He said he learned while he was president that the CDC is Pfizer and Pfizer is the vaccine. I don't want to get either of us in trouble <laughs> in, in this litigious, uh, crazy society that we live in. But in general, is, is that an accurate look at things from the CDC? Yeah, the CDC is basically a marketing arm for the vaccine companies. They tricked us physicians, and I think the population at large, we've all been led to believe that they are the authority and that they're really about public health. But when you really look at what's going on, they have yet to this day to compare outcomes for children vaccinated according to the CDC schedule, which is just a recommendation, and compare that to doing nothing, for example, which when we did that in my study and that was published, Graham, the data is so profound, so powerful. Basically, the unvaccinated children don't get sick. They don't get chronic disease. Why? Natural immunity, as you mentioned, is very, very powerful, and it's far superior to artificial immunity that's triggered by a vaccine. Especially uh, one that is um, gene therapy in this case, right? Yeah, in the I case of COVID- with, with someone, I try to explain it as, as a non-physician, as a non-scientist, that this is not a vaccine, it's experimental uh, medical device, a gene therapy. Is that an accurate description of what these jabs are? Absolutely. In fact, it's even hard to call it therapy because when you use the word therapy, you're implying that it's benefiting you. In this case, it's gene manipulation, genetic modification of humans, injecting messenger RNA that directs your cells to make a toxin called spike protein that had the spike protein behaved itself maybe and just stayed on the outer surface of the cell and had our immune system been able to just make this wonderful immune response and like, you know, voila, we've got the problem solved. It hasn't worked out. We, it is now clear that we are causing far more harm than benefit with this jab. Yet there are scientists out there. There are people, smart people, who just don't want to see this. And, and as I said, I, I had a, a discussion at a, a, a function not too long ago with a guy in the vaccine industry, retired, smart guy, PhD, who just didn't want to hear the truth about this, who didn't want to know about the VARS numbers, or if, if he did, admit to the bars numbers, he say, well, okay, but in relation to how many shots administered, but that's kind of not the point. When you're talking thousands and thousands and potentially tens of thousands of people dead, if the bars reporting system has a 1% compliance history. Yep. No, it's, it's, uh, there's never been a vaccine or a jab, whatever you want to call it, as dangerous as this one. Uh, we, we would stop vaccine programs when you had 5, 10, 50 at the most deaths. I think we're at 20,000 deaths and that might only be a fraction of the actual deaths this has caused. We're reaching a million reported side effects. It's absolute insanity, but you're absolutely right. My mom even said, well, Paul, how can you be right and everybody else be wrong? It's like, wow, people just have their heads in the sand and they don't wanna see anything. No, don't show me anything that might change my opinion. Well, Gandhi had a perspective on that. Lone voice in the wilderness is not necessarily wrong. But that brings us to the hospitals. You know, I have a protocol. It's in my phone right now, my cell phone, that if anybody in my family, close family member gets sick, anybody I care about, at all costs, don't 
be put into the hospital with COVID because we know that there are incentives for the hospitals. And, and, and again, this sounds like something out of a Charlton Heston, Soylent Green kind of movie that most people just simply wouldn't believe, but there are incentives built in for the hospitals for the patients with COVID to get sicker and not necessarily even survive. This is real, it exists, does it not? Absolutely, hospitals are incentivized to first of all, diagnose COVID, automatic increased income if you have a patient who's positive, and there's theory behind why, but it's just a sick incentive. So it's diagnosing positive cases that may not be there for COVID at all. They're there for a motor vehicle accident or something else. And then they get massive incentives if they have to intubate the patient. So, and we know that's the wrong approach for this illness. And of course, disincentives to treat it with things that we know work. I'm like you, I have a, a rescue kit. I have a preventative kit and I'm not afraid of this virus one bit. I've been traveling the country, no masks, rooms with thousands of people, no masks, no problem. One of the things you skipped in, in that uh, uh, cycle that the hospital does is the remdesivir, the so-called rescue drug for uh, COVID. Um, there was a study just published in Lancet um, that remdesivir kills more than the placebo. And, and this is a, a part of the equation that is really stunning for any American to hear that Remdesivir, which is a so-called drug that's going to fix people in the hospital who have COVID, potentially is doing more harm than good. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not looking good as that being a, a safe approach. Uh, it seems to be wrong. What, what you pointed to is something that's happened in medicine, and it's really escalated in the last decade or two, and that is that everything now is by consensus and it's by protocol. We have lost the thinking doctor who has the freedom to use whatever tools make the most sense for that patient. No, you're put into a protocol, and boy, if you go into a hospital, you're in that funnel, and it is really hard to get any kind of individualized care. Doctor, people are having to go to the, the courts. Uh, there was one case in Virginia where uh, a patient in the hospital had to go to the court. The court had to issue an injunction for ivermectin to be given to this patient. Again, this seems some out of the twilight zone that we're living in a situation like this where you can't get the drug that, that by most physicians' account has a near 100% success rate for people with COVID. Yep. I have so many reports of exactly what you're talking about. Uh, as a physician, I'm not supposed to talk about that, of course. That would be disinformation or misinformation. And there goes my license again. Uh, it's craziness. We have reached a level of insanity in medicine today that is just unfathomable. Why is this going on? I, I, I know you've thought about it. Uh, I've thought about it a lot. When we go back to the very beginning, say January or February of, of 2020 and this entire COVID fiasco, the government response uh, to COVID, COVID. Do you believe that in the end, the roots to all this uh, are political? I think it's money even more than politics. And I think it's control. There clearly are powerful interests that are trying to control what happens to the entire world. So in that sense, yes, it's politics because there, there's this shift towards a one world sort of domination of power like we've never seen before. I mean, we've fought world wars before over this sort of thing. Uh, folks, wake up. There is something very wrong going on. And the fact that you have so many people, doctors included, completely blind to what's actually going on 
I mean, it's like black is white and up is down when it's right in front of our faces. Where are these people's critical thinking minds? What's happened? It's it's hard to explain. And people like Dr. Fauci running around the country telling everybody to mask, not mask and get the jab and just uh, get the booster and everything's going to be wonderful, even though the, the disease Omicron or Delta, whatever, continues to uh, spread in the end. Uh, I think there needs to be a massive investigation into Dr. Fauci and everybody at the NIH and everybody at the CDC. In fact, I've called for the defunding of the CDC. I think it does more harm than, than good. In your particular yeah. case, uh, you're fighting to retain uh, all of your practice, all of your license as a pediatrician, and you have a website that explains to people what's going on and, and if folks want to help, uh, they can help out. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing that up. So my attorney says it's going to take over a quarter million just to get through the two week trial with the board. And then it'll be years of appeals, etc. So I've set up a fight, drpaulsfight.com. It's a fund where you can donate. If you have the means, you can click a prayer button and pray. I believe in the power of prayer. You can share it. Drpaulsfight.com. Join me. I'm standing in the place of parents supporting your right to informed consent. Actually, not just parents, everybody. We should not have vaccine mandates, period. No, it's a bit like David and Goliath, but we know if we know our Bible at all, what happened in the end of, of David and Goliath. We're David and the government and the media and these hospitals are Goliath, but I, I believe firmly that we can slay Goliath. Dr. Paul, thank you very much. We'll be back with more of the Ledger Report right after this very important one minute now. Thanks much. Attention, have you or a loved one been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months? You may be entitled to compensation. Call Zantac Justice now for a free legal case review. The FDA has warned that Zantac and other medications containing heartburn drug ranitidine may be contaminated with cancer-causing agent NDMA. Consult your physician prior to discontinuing any use of medication. Please call 800-868-3048. Attention, this is an important message for anyone diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma after being exposed to Roundup or other weed killers. In 2015, the Internal Agency for Research on Cancer warned that overexposure to Roundup and other weed killers may increase the risk of developing non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. After losing a number of court cases, the maker of Roundup recently announced that a global settlement had been reached and agreed to pay over $10 billion to resolve pending cases. Please call 800-376-1935. And so Donald Trump and Bill O'Reilly apparently need to understand, fine, they, they got the jab, that's their choice. But we have a choice too. And we know the numbers. And we know the facts. And we know who's lying out there. And we know this unholy cabal exists between politicians and the medical industry and the mainstream media. It's not a winning issue for the conservative base to be going out there and saying, hey, be proud of the vaccine, so-called. That's not a winning message. Because this is the greatest political attack slash medical attack on the American people in this country's history. And it's not just the vaccines, of course, it's COVID itself and the government response overall to COVID. Unfortunately, what's happening is that in the end, 
30, 40 years from now, it's going to be documented and there's going to be reams of proof on the CDC website, on the VARS reporting system, maybe even the mainstream media by then, just like thalidomide of decades ago. There's going to be volumes of information and evidence and proof that unfortunately more children will have died from the jab than from the virus itself. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the Archives Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. <laughs>